Listen up, squibs. You may find this podcast to be fucking explicit. Welcome back to Full Metal RPG. I'm your host, Brendan Carrion, and this is the last Full Metal RPG of the year. The last Full Metal RPG of 2016. I am joined by my co-hosts, Ben motherfucking Bailey. Fuck yeah, what's up? What up, motherfucker? And by Adam Sink, Shadow Sworn Adam. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a very blessed holiday season. Aww. Oh man, that's so sweet of you, dude. That's so nice. I had to counteract all the all the horn throwing and the. No, fuck that, dude. You know what people forget about um, about the mid Christmas season, is it's a story uh, of the occult. Santa Claus? It's oh. a it's a story of the occult, dude. <laughs> like, okay, so the three kings are the three magi, right? Okay. The mages, the three wizards, right? Who are sitting there in the Orient, and they're and they're looking at the star signs, and they realize. That the world's about to change, right? Through their occult rituals, they realize that new power is coming into the world, and so they gather their shit, and they and they make a make a pilgrimage to Bethlehem in order to like curry favor with the new order. It's fucking rad occult story, man. We're it's not like, even at the feast of the Magi uh, either. So a, when that comes, we should like do like a salt pentagram and like sacrifice something. And it's we could, we could really we could make it. We could bring it back. It it is it is it shows right there in the Bible part of part of Western civilization the connection between the the mage as king. You see what I'm saying? The the, the I guess the, I've the never thought is, of it that way. The mage is ruler. When I used to be like a hardcore Catholic, I would try and explain this to my fellow Catholics. They'd always look at me weird. That's why I quit, <laughs> that's why I quit going around there, man. Well, they, the thing they, about they Catholicism hear it. is um, most of them, speaking as someone who was raised Catholic mm. uh, and spent years in the church, most of them have not actually read the Bible and don't think oh. about it very often. Yeah, and Catholics so don't read the Bible, dude. When you into the actual Bible and the stuff in the Bible, they're like, what are you talking about? And you go, it's in the Bible, right? And they're like, yeah. well... That's not in the homily, so I don't care. Catholics are not into what you would call exegesis, which is which is really sad because one of the reasons I was so into Catholicism for such a long time is that it um is that it struck me as being a very intellectual tradition, and then you actually get there and uh, guess what, man? It's the Dark Ages, and they're, they're trying to they're trying to bring the Dark Ages into they you know. Don't like oh, questions. Sh- I'm probably shitting all over some Catholic dude who's listening to this, and he's all like, "It's like fuck you, Brendan. I'm never listening to this podcast again." Well, sorry, man. Sorry, <laughs> homie. Ave hey, Satanus. Anyway, if it works for you, like great. It didn't really work for me, and uh, it, they didn't like like the thing I found about priests was they did not like when I asked questions. No, um, I found that same thing, and so. It was an unsatisfying experience. And as someone who went through like a, a big loss, and then I went to the Catholic Church afterwards as part of that process, they they're not really great with the answers when that happens. I, I was um, I was told more or less explicitly that there are things for the clergy to think about, and there are things for the lady to think about. And I was and I was um, embroiling myself too much in the in the thought processes of, of the clergy, and I was like, for seriouslys, like 
No, no, nah, man, I ain't, I ain't playing. <laughs> I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. I well, like, like I said, if it works for you, great. Uh, yeah, sure. You know, I got nothing against the Catholics except when they try and repress my freedoms. You know what I'm saying? I don't think we have to worry about the Catholics so much in this country. But. Uh, maybe not in this country, because we're, we're operating from a position of privilege. We do. We we are. We definitely are. Oh, holy shit. So should I edit that out, guys? I don't no, know. No, leave it in there. That was, you know I, what? I, I like, who, who I like your attitude. come into the Full Metal RPG podcast with the imagery and everything else associated with it have an expectation of what they're getting into. Yeah. Which is we're a bunch of degenerate it's uh, true. lowlifes. And we really are, and I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know how I feel uh, about that. Well. Whatever. There's days I have when very little I'm, experience with Catholicism. I don't know what to tell you. There's days when it's good and there's days when it's bad. And that meaning meaning really more Adam's like experience of being a degenerate. There's days when I like, really like it and there's days when I really don't. Catholicism. It's ups and downs. Catholicism <laughs> was else. more like, you know, more bad days than good. Any hoosies. Um, so this is, dis- despite what you might be thinking at listening to this at this exact moment, this is a <laughs> roundtable podcast in which we converse about the art and the science and the skull fuckery of tabletop role playing. And uh, we use some harsh language, so please be aware of that. And uh, if you have not figured that out if already, you, if you haven't figured you that haven't out already, I don't appreciate your tone. <laughs> so, so what? What you guys been up to? We're gonna start off with our favorite of, of segments, which is what have you been up to? What have you been up to, guys? I'll let Adam take this one first. Adam, proceed. Sure. So, what have I been up to? Uh, I have been running Gamma World. We finally got a session put together again. I ran another session of Gamma World. Uh, ben was in it. Other uh, Ben was in it, uh, and James was in it. Uh, Went down into ASU, met some scientists there, went out to South Mountain, met some other scientists there, went back to ASU, got all the scientists there murdered by the Leviathan in Tempe Town Lake. Uh, it was a good times. It was a lot of fun. Um, nice. Some serious science topics were discussed. Uh, it was very... Um, as a very dry and uh, and and uh, yeah, there was almost no somber, humor in this in this somber uh, role adventure session. Yeah, it was a uh, uh, it was dark, very straightforward, really. and then there were no uh, yeah there were there was no, no self awareness on on behalf of any of the NPCs. So uh, yeah, no, <laughs> it was a lot of fun to run. Um, you you run I can't I can't put this together in my head, but you you run Gamma World a little bit like it's Rick and Morty, huh? You run, you run kind of like Rick and Morty, the role playing game. Yeah, I run. No, very, there definitely is some of that there. I run a very absurdist version of uh, Gamma World. Like to give you an idea, ASU's uh, science and technology division, the STV, STD, was taken over by a bunch of fraternity brothers who then co-opted the personalities or the personages of famous scientists. So there was Albert Einstein, Erwin Brodinger. Um, there was a. Uh, Niels Brower and uh, Robert Bropenheimer, who were making a Jaeger bomb. Um, wow. And so. Wow. And then there was. That's uh, so many puns. Right. It's like Joseph that, Stalin and, that, 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 uh, and that, Abraham Lincoln. That, that, that one bit has so many puns just yeah. built right into it. Right. You enjoy the levity in role playing. I enjoy, um, I enjoy when I'm running a game like Gamma World, just having it be like a, a farce. Uh, yeah, I gotta say it's pretty refreshing. I'm enjoying it. I mean, yeah. I like serious role playing too, but it's it's nice as a change up. I mean, right. And so, um, it's it's been a lot of fun to run, and that was a that was a lot of fun just to run as a as a as this kind of a vignette where you know he had Erwin Brodinger run in with this box, and he's like, oh, bros, there's a cat in this box. What, what was and it? if it's alive, you have to take a drink, and if it's <laughs> dead, you have to take two drinks. 
And then they open it up and it's dead. And he's like, oh, man, air holes, bro. I forgot to put air holes in the box. And so, the, the, ladies and gentlemen who are listening from far away, uh, Adam is lampooning the local university from which we both graduated. <laughs> that we is, sure did. That is known for producing dunces as the, its graduates. The of bro yeah. is <laughs> is ASU. It, it produces... I don't know what it produces. Really good tans yeah. and um and a lot of bros. It's a part. It's a party. A lot school. of sorority girls. It's, it is the number one party school in the nation, according to Playboy. So. Is it still? It was back a long time last ago. time I tracked it. But uh, it's 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 a party school, and um, it's not known for being academically rigorous. And I have my history degree from that August institution, which um I don't know how. How proud I am of that, but I, I do I do have one. Hey, um, education was, is what you my, make of it. It was my option given where <laughs> I live. I, I work in a warehouse stacking boxes, so obviously Ben's taking the piss out of me. Here. I will tell you that working no. in a professional environment uh, is not really all that much. Yeah, no, no, no. That wasn't why I'm taking the piss out of you. I'm not taking the piss out of you for that. I'm just saying, <laughs> you get out of education what you put in, regardless of what, what everybody else around you is fucking doing. Well, that's a good point. You that's and that's a, a point well made. So, uh, Ben, what do you got? What have you been up to, bud? Well, uh, besides playing in Gamma World, uh, we had another rocking session of fucking Giovanni Chronicles. That Dude. game is awesome. Session, nice. yeah, no. Session um, two was tight, huh? Session it, two was really great. It's, it's crazy because I was hanging out with Dustin because we worked together, right? And uh, we were going off to lunch, and uh, Dustin's like, "Yeah, I'm really looking forward to playing some Infinity." And I go, "I go, you know what? I'm really looking forward to the next Vampire session." And then I realized it wasn't coming up this week; it was coming up the week after. Yeah, and, and I was just like. I feel kind of crushed about that. Yeah, dude, I could really use some vampire this weekend, but yeah. it's New Year's. It's New Year's Eve. We even have someone out of town, I think, too. So it just doesn't work. I think. I think someone's going out of town. I mean, here's the thing: is we have friends that have lives at this point. There's just no way we're going to do a New Year's Eve yeah. vampire session. It's just not going to happen. So that's why I scheduled it for the subsequent week. But I know that, like, uh, like Dustin was like, that's why I try to think about it. And then I was on Facebook. And Chris said a very similar thing to me. He was like, "I want, I can't wait till we do the next session." Nice, nice. So I was so happy that as the second session unfolded, everybody just really seemed to have a strong sense of their character dude, already. Dude, if, I just need to say this on the air right now. Shout out to Chris, man. That fucking uh, manic character you're playing was awesome. Yeah, shout out, shout out to my homie and Chris. Fucking Matt, dude. That uh, that was some dark shit, bro. Dude, <laughs> that was all awesome. Right, all right, so so our friend Matt, um, who who I met through Age of Sigmar and I'm hoping to get into Infinity, but he's playing Giovanni Chronicles with us, and he he wants to play Malkavian. And for decades, I have played Vampire for decades, and you get these people who want to play this Malkavian, and they're like, oh, I'm a mime who wears a tuxedo. I put fish in people's it's pants. It's a fish mall. Yeah, That's the what fish, they are. The it's fish the one from the Dark Ages book who's holding the fish, and he's kissing the, it or whatever. It's fish malks. Right, you get, you, get the, you get the fish malks. Right. But but Matt is playing the most serious fucking Malkavian. He hasn't done a Malkavian yet. He's he's angling for that. He's just playing this deranged psychopathic killer. And um I mean the scene where he like kidnaps that stable boy and drags him out to the fucking woods and then literally eats his face. <laughs> he like he, he he cuts off his face and eats it. In session two, he's not even a vampire yet. Middle of the day, middle of the day, yeah. everybody's, everybody's like hanging out in the tavern. He's just like, this is what I'm doing. It fucking, <laughs> like, it fucking haunts me. The imagery of him like crouched down in the Transylvanian woods, like slicing a uh, like teenage boy's face off and consuming it. And then, like, and then returning to a party and being like, "Oh, not even really attempting to hide that he's that he's been like 
wantonly murdering as his as his like pastime, dude, is so dark, so dark. Make him a toreador because like the art of murder. There's that whole toreador oh, teacher know, you know what? where they get into it. That's not a bad idea because they do. There is that whole that whole aspect of the toreador where you can but, make art out of anything. But truthfully, no, I think we have two characters that could only if you want that could make amazing Malkavians for the first time ever. Yeah, I've never actually played with a guy who fucking did a good Malkavian. Never once has it's I seen true. it. And I'm, now I'm playing wrong. with two. Now I'm playing with two players who are doing a great job that could be an awesome Malkavian. Yeah, um, Chris is just killing it as his um, as his kind of like deranged like merchant, huh? yeah. the guy who sees patterns and everything. Yeah. Um, and then we did a, a kind of um, impromptu thing. It just it was just sort of where the role playing took us because you guys were in this inn. And you're hanging out with these other characters. You're waiting to go to the Giovanni Mans to have dinner, and um, a character had been pursuing an NPC had been pursuing Chris's character. Um, and so, in order to get into Chris's head, he he told a, a thinly veiled story in, in in under the ruse of fiction to to agitate Chris's character. And then, but but he did it. In, he he proposed like a, an, an evening of storytelling in like a Chaucer esque kind of fashion. Yep. And then we like got to role play that. It was awesome. I mean, we we dude, it's like it's like the the Giovanni redo is like fucking killing it. I'm so happy that we've it's, done it. It's a great game, man. I'm loving it. I'm looking forward to session the next session, which should be the week after our week almost coming up in two days or whatever. Yeah, yeah. By the time everybody's listening to this, we'll be playing in a week. And it seems like we're on the same schedule with Gamma World, so it's like it's the like I can get, yeah. kind of put everybody. Yeah, like I can day. get I can get this like super serious game on Saturday and then Sunday I get this sort of frivolous game that we can have a lot of fun in. Get some levity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's a lot to look forward to, man. Um fucking dude, Giovanni Chronicles has been so fun. And it's been so fun to write. That's what I've been doing. I've gotten to work on some Giovanni. You know what it reminded me of? What's you, that? What, like when I was thinking about it, I was like, Matt Matt to me is almost playing like like a world of dark like a like an Enwad character in like yeah, that's really almost what it feels like, right? Like, yeah, like there's no like, um, there's none of the tropes or anything that exists in like classic World of Darkness in his character. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like because Matt's very new to role playing, and we just kind of told him like, hey, you're in a horror game, and just do it, just do horror, and he just really rose the occasion and just buried the knife into the hilt, right? I yeah, mean, he just fucking is killing it because. He hasn't had that kind of um, process of reading the books and kind of kind of like dumbing it down and cartooning it up to make it yeah. into something that's not. I mean, I know we're talking a lot about Chris and about Matt because in the last session, those guys were the RP heroes. They were killing it, right? But that's not to say that anybody else is doing a bad job. You know, there's a very high caliber of role playing going on at the table. Um, Jeff's character is great. I, I feel like there's a lot of great stories could come from him. Your character is great. There's a lot of great stories that come out of you. I actually sort of enjoying the fact that I feel like my character can riff on like most of the characters around. And yeah. so like I feel like I can kind of like like I, I I feel like there's a lot of like positive stuff that can come out of that over the course of this game. I mean, it, we were on session two and I basically was was doing some role playing with Matt on the side and I just was like, Okay, you guys are all in the end talk. And everybody was talking, and it was so great. And at one point, uh, Jeff and Chris had to break off, and like there were some subterfuge roles going on, and they were just managing their own roles. They were just like, they're just like, oh, we'll just do subterfuge uh, contested roles at diff seven, and then they didn't even like report 
the um the the way those roles turned out to me they just riffed on them like which i mean that's just like to have players that are able to operate at such a high caliber independently i mean it's just like a dream it's a dream it's just what you it's what you want to do when you're a storyteller you know you want to just be able to like to delegate essentially so you can kind of keep things rolling but the players are making the story you know what i'm saying yeah it's it's, it's I'm, I'm having such a blast that game i think a lot of the stuff you're talking about with regards to the the players and the type of characters that you get not to turn this into a shadow sworn thing or anything is is uh endemic to the template characters that you get in the clan books um because there are those malkavian mimes and the yeah might like i'm a hero assassin and the bruja like i'm an idealist punk and they really they they steeped a lot of those characters in that heroic role-playing tradition in the original world of darkness and not in that uh you know, you are a deranged a lunatic or a monster or whatever that you saw in the new world of darkness. And so I yeah. think with newer characters, you're going to get that because I know with the old world of darkness, there's a lot of stuff like, Oh, you're a stunt person. Like that. You're a vampire <laughs> stunt person. And it was like, yeah. Wait, this is in the book. That's like true. as a signet, as a template character is that I'm a stunt person and they didn't have a lot of really dark ones. You got a couple of them in some of the Zimache books and some of the other you, ones. I was going like, to say this is a dark character, but even those had really ridiculous. Like I'm a circus performer. I'm in like Jim Rhodes sideshow circus well, performer, and you're like, that's like, well, the, I guess that's kind of dark. That's not really monstrous. I I think that that sort of changed when they expanded into Dark Ages, though. Like some of the other Dark Ages stuff ended up feeling like less of that. Uh, yeah, but they didn't release clan books specifically for dark ages and the stuff they did like libelous sanguinous was targeted towards gms so as a player there's definitely uh there's a contradictory information you're given as a vampire player of the game is gothic punk except here's characters that aren't really gothic and or punk and play them and like isn't this a fun little lark well i mean this is such a complicated subject because we're talking about shit that was going on 20 years ago and the um, kind of cultural touchstone of where we were at was so different, you know? No, you're not wrong. And and that's why I'm interested to see what they do with VV or V5 or whatever they yeah. call it. it. To see, as as Mark Ryan Hagen brought up and as we talked about on Shadows Forum when we talked about the Grand Masquerade was... Are they going to do anything transgressive? What yeah. can they do that is transgressive? Um, and I think they're going to have to get rid of a lot of that baggage, and that's going to upset a lot of the core World of Darkness fans if they do. And so I, we I, can I, talk about this yeah. on Shadow Sworn. I no, do it, do it. I don't think but. it's I don't think it's valuable to to separate Shadow Sworn from what we're doing here. No, I mean, if MRPG is a general role playing. Like yeah, I just don't want to bog this down too much. No, I'm like, oh, no, my world of darkness. I don't think I've heard this talk before, and I'm enjoying it. So. I, I love world of darkness talk, and I can talk world of darkness all day, every day. Um, here, here's the thing about what they're about the direction that they are trying to take, and I agree with you that there's a possibility that they may come into conflict with their with their own desires. Well, they are just listening to the Q and a session where people were like, what are you going to do to make it like a safe space? And what are you going to do? And it was just like, well, it's a horror game. So it's not really going to be a safe space. Like by its very nature, you're going to be dealing with uncomfortable themes and topics. And if you're not like there's other role-playing games for that and there's nothing wrong with that. But 
understand that you are getting into a horror role-playing game. Right, right. And if you want to be a hero, there's Pathfinder, there's Dungeons and Dragons, there's a yeah. multitude of other options for that, you know. But if you want to come in here and be like, I'm going to play, you know, um, uh, social justice warrior the wokening it's like that's not really what this game is it's it's a dark game full of dark themes and dark passions i mean and and it's it's so complicated because i feel like a lot of people rejected the nwod the chronicles of darkness books and that is just a much more straightforward horror experience you're not wrong it's a much more straightforward horror seems to believe it's because they didn't they built the system first Right and the rules sec or they built the yeah they built the systems first and the, the and the story, world second the mythology and uh, what they're doing is building the world first and the rules second and I'm I, you know I will give them a chance I'll, I'll always give them a chance of I'll course. throw money yeah, at them I'm gonna but buy this like, fucking I, thing. I'm not sold on that yet and and so I really want to see what they do with it because I saw their attempts at doing story first and rules second which was third edition or. or Third, oh. Second edition revised third edition. I didn't Jesus. like it. I didn't like yeah. Knights of Prophecy. I didn't like any of those books. And so I I didn't like Layer of the Hidden. And I'm hoping that that they can do something really interesting with it. But we'll see. I mean I mean here's the thing is if they wanna hit a very broad commercial audience, then they're gonna have to sacrifice darkness. They are. They can make sexy vampires the sexening and like and that is a perfectly viable game and there is a huge market I, for that. It doesn't even have to be sexy vampires. It just has to be action vampires. I think it action has to powers be, the, the the masquerade. You I know? think it has to be sexy vampires just to capture the the market that has come up around vampires. Who role which plays is, sexy? I mean, I, who role plays Vampire the Masquerade sexy? Have you ever played a sexy Vampire the Masquerade have game? Have I you ever, ever witnessed a, sexy, a va- no, sexy? No, but vampire? I have witnessed one, and it was you witnessed it, one. It was a female-led, female-run game, and, and it was sexy. It, they wanted to make it very much like. Antonio Banderas kind of like that whole kind of thing and was it erotic yeah a little bit and it was just very interesting talking to them about it because I was like that's not how I run vampire at all like my my vampire games are are much different than how you guys run this Uh, and it was just interesting getting the feedback I would be very interested in seeing what that's like I mean, I don't know what that's like. Yeah, the yeah I have no idea either. Was they got into like, you know, they had a session where all they talked about was like uh, their costuming for two hours. And they were like, oh, yeah, we had this session. But all we really talked about was like what we were wearing and, and how we were costumed and what we looked like. And, and I was like, okay, that's I mean, fine. I can that's see a, that. That's a valid way of role playing. I can game. see that. So I think that is, you a know, way of on some level, I think it's actually way cooler than like. Than like super action heroes. Yeah, the friend I agree name. with you. It's better than super action heroes, but it is one of those things where it's a very different take on it than what I would have done with it. Um, like we, and I think a lot of the LARP community aims towards like the sexier vampire role playing. If you've ever gone and done those, because I saw a lot of that at LARPs too. I mean, here's the thing: like we There's have people always sitting talked... on each other's laps, sucking neck, and all that stuff, and you're like, all right, I mean, I guess. Yeah. Go nuts. I, I. I've always wanted to do games with like a lot of like stuff with Primogen going on and like Elysium and salons and things like that, and that stuff ends up being very difficult to role play. It's hard to run because as the storyteller, you end up talking to yourself a lot. Yeah, like it, a yeah. lot. Well, it, it comes off as very uh, like puppet showy. 
Here, here's this thing is oh, go ahead, Ben. I'm sorry. I, I was gonna say the, the, it's because you need to have the players invest. I think in that type of game, and so the players have to at least be on somewhat of a level to where they can be taking part in those conversations. Yeah, well, here, it just here, sucks here. when you're sending players from like Vampire Elder A to relay information to Vampire Elder B yeah. to go relay information to Vampire Elder C. Then they're just errand boys, and it's no, really no, no. Not no. Great. But if you want to run the Primogen game, then like you should have characters that are like, maybe not Primogen, but like just you know under them or something. Here, here, like, here's the thing is um. There's two ways to approach this, and one the the first most obvious way is the PCs are advanced enough and invested in the the game enough, like the the the, the game within a game enough that they have a critical role to play at these meetings. Okay, but then there's this thing that's in the Giovanni Chronicles one book, and so it's 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 we're talking like mid '90s role playing here, in which. Um, you have cards written out for the NPCs, and you allow the players to play the NPCs in moments when uh, their actual characters are not able to make a significant difference. And the first time I ran Giovanni, I glossed over this stuff because I was like, "Oh no, I just want them to play their own characters That's a and focus on that." Technique. Yeah, that, but to spring on new players. Like well, that, I, I, think, I, I don't know that it's bringing on new players, but I think this time around game. I'm going to embrace it because I think, I think we have a group that can do it pretty well with it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to have these long fucking drawn out conversations with myself where I'm doing like pantomime theater and I'm like doing voices and shit. I want the players to be able to interact with one another, and so I'm planning on handing out note cards that have names on them and motivations, and I, and and basically the the role playing that you do is argue this position. And I think that if you do that in a, in a primogen or in a salon or something, are then... You at, are you at all concerned with having to give away certain story information that could be compromising when you do that? And I, I'm thinking I, of a, a couple people in particular in that supplement. I don't, I don't think that that will be a problem. Okay, I, because, because there's a couple people whose motivations are tied to something that they're doing that you don't necessarily want the players to know about well, right off the bat. For instance... Um, the, and I, I hope I'm not giving away too much here. I, I feel like I might be, but I'm, I, I, we'll, we'll have to take the risk for the for the for the podcast. Here's the thing: so at some point, the players are going to have to argue for their lives in front of Hardestat and the um, the founders, right? And at that point, the founders don't want to. They, it's not like they're asking the players like, "Should we fucking spare you?" And then the players get to have soliloquies. It's a conversation between the founders about about well, what we're going to do with these fucking guys, right? Um, and what the Giovanni module anticipates you doing is handing out characters of the founders to the players and then and then making them argue their case. And it tells you which founders are in favor of allowing the characters to live and which ones are want them to die, you know. And so, in the case of Mistress Van Con, for instance. Um, she wants to let the characters live, and she also wants to blood bond all of them to her, right? So it's like you basically hand out a card, which is you want everybody to live, and your main proposal is everybody gets blood bound to you. Fight for that, right? That's not going to give anything away. That's fine. You know, it's only one scene. It's one scene. You just want to get them to get riled up, right. and then that's it, you know? Was she the one I staked in the first time we went through, been through this? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She's a Tremere, right? She's a Tremere. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like Tremere. Typical yeah, she's Tremere bullshit. She's a Tremere. 
Hardestat will argue that the players all need to die. I hate and, Tremere so much. And, and Mistress Fan Con, Mistress Fan Con, uh, will will repost that. No, no, let them live, and I'll take responsibility by having them all be bloodbound to me. Which, oh, you're such a saint. That's very magnanimous when you yeah. think about it. Yeah, I know. Really, Mag- she's Mag- magnanimous. Magnanimous. Sorry. I always yeah. mispronounce that. It's, there's two ways to pronounce that, and I didn't get either of them. No, well, I mean, <laughs> at this point, we've had a couple of delightful beverages and so if anybody's pronouncing anything right then oh, it's, i just suck at pronouncing it's, it's, general, it's, so. it's just luck um pronunciation for all i know i'll go suit. back to edit this and it'll just be like one long uh drunken slur so um you don't know me yeah fresh takes so that's what we're doing with Giovanni, yep. and I'm glad we had that. was a nice little sidebar. Giovanni Chronicles. We're having a great time with it. I Woo-woo. hope that um, if there's anybody out there who's curious about the world of darkness. If I can just throw this out there. Uh, Working Erwin Brodinger, someone. <laughs> <laughs> if you are curious about the world of darkness, if you're curious about, <laughs> curious about Vampire of the Dark Ages, consider checking out um, Giovanni Chronicles 1, The Let's Last Supper. Bro. Use it with Vampire the Dark Ages 20th Anniversary Edition or the first edition of the book. I think you'll have great results. It's a really great game. And of course, feel free to reach out to me for any advice you might need on running it. I'm very happy. I've run it twice at this point. I'm very happy to help you get through that book. Um, I'm easiest to reach on Instagram at FullMetalRPG. You can also email me directly at FullMetalRPGOfficial on gmail.com. Um, we have our webpage, fullmetalrpg.com. Uh, you can find Adam there on Instagram, at adam.sync on, on Insta. Uh, ben remains elusive. I'm on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook. Homie's yeah. on Facebook. He blogs sometimes on Full Metal RPG. He I'm, does. I'm pretty much the only one who's, who's getting on there at least once a month and throwing something. Adam's doing a good job keeping the torch alive on fullmetalrpg.com, and everybody else is being a damn bum, including myself. Yeah, you got to pick which eight fingers you like the least, because I'm taking them, because you only oh eight blog boy. posts in November, and oh, I got none of them. That's, oh boy, I'll keep my thumbs. All right. All right. Oh, wait, no, this thumb and the first digit. And the forefinger? All on right. my On my dominant hand. On your dominant And the rest hand. of them are gone. All right, there you go. Gone. That's going to be bad. <laughs> All right. That's going to be real ugly. You just keep two thumbs, actually. That's not a good you idea. Do the dog. Fonzie. That's that That's way. Hey. <laughs> Fuck you both. Uh, who's who's following what? Is anybody following shit? So I kind of lost track during December because December is always kind of a mess. It's a mess. And uh, I, I uh, you know, I, I I think the last thing I was looking at was um, that uh, '80s '80s like uh, kind of role playing game from uh, like it's Sweden called or... like Beyond the Rift or something something like that. Yeah, I don't remember. It was kind of like inspired by like like on e. Kickstarter and like uh, other like Close Encounters and all those like classic like '80s movies. How long until we get things. a Stranger Things role playing? It's game a Stranger. It's it stranger is a Stranger Things, things role playing okay, game. Yeah, and that makes yeah. sense. That's yeah. what I was gonna ask. We're gonna get a Stranger Things, which was yeah. Already based on D and D, so it's like, do we yeah. need a Stranger Things role playing game? It's very meta. I, I mean, it, yeah, it looked like it could be fun. I don't know. Did you bought back it? I didn't back it. Um, mostly because I I figure it's going to go into print anyway. Um, it like had enough backing to where I think that's yeah. probably going to happen. Much like Polaris and all those other games, I didn't back, but I was kind of wanted kind of back. Yeah, Polaris is out now. I yeah, it's, it's out like now. Yeah, bound volumes, out. and it's and I just saw it. I saw it at the depot like uh, last time yeah. I was there. And they were like, oh, it's. Uh, I was like, I don't, I don't know about that. Am I interested in this? Yeah, so is it like Sequest? I it's Sequest DSV. I have no idea. So. And our our friend Jamie at Coliseum Rex uh, recommends Polaris 
highly. And yeah. So that, oh, that's right. that's a solid. That that's a solid. I, I had really wanted to back it. I was I was like I was like seconds away from backing it before I was like, well, I'll just support my local geo, like game store. When Dude, I, I feel it. like it's heard for not backing that one because I remember having this conversation with you at at Skin Actives, and I was like, yeah, dude, I don't know. It's just like fucking underwater. Who cares? <laughs> that was the my issue, that the was issue my you're take. You're gonna have with that is every time that I have picked it up and mentioned it to somebody. The last time was a was a Jeff at Game Depot the other day. You get under the sea, and it's like, oh, all right, well, fine. that's Jeff. Never dude. mind. We're that's not gonna do this Jeff, because dude. this whole little Je- mermaid sequest thing has ruined it for everybody. Jeff's Thanks gonna, a lot. Jeff's gonna take. He's gonna take anything you say, and he's gonna turn it into a pop culture reference. He's that guy. He knows he's that guy. He does. We love him. We love Jeff. Yeah, even though he's that I, guy. I just I feel like I'd be fighting much like with Star Wars. I feel like I'd be fighting that the entire time. And it's like, man, I don't. You just gotta play Star Wars. Lisa Wasa plays a Star Wars character. Oh, that is what I'm talking about. <laughs> now I have shit. to kill you in the <laughs> alleyway after we record. <laughs> Fuck Star Wars, bro. Oh Christ! Who? What are you following, Adam? Are you following anything? So I was following uh, Kingdom Death Monster out of a morbid sense of curiosity. Oh my god! It's made like eight million dollars. The only time that I was even would have been even remotely tempted to get into it would have been the Black Friday deal yeah. where you got like everything for seven fifty, but there's no comparable Wait, thing. Seven fifty. Seven hundred fifty. Seven hundred yeah. and fifty dollars. You get the core box and all the expansions and, and all of tons the stuff of expansions from the new and one for seven hundred fifty dollars. And now it's just like, oh, you can get the Kingdom Death Core and all of the like stretch goals from this one for seven hundred fifty. But you don't get any of the expansions or any of the other stuff. You only got that if you back the Black Friday one. And that was when I was like, well, I mean, a, I don't have that kind of money. Um, Seven hundred and fifty dollars. I can't pull that kind of cash working the corners anymore. Um, I'm used old. up. I, yeah, I'm used up. Like I, I'm lucky if I can get like ten bucks a shot or whatever at this point. Um, and so yeah, it's a. Uh, I'm not really tempted by it, but I was following it just out of morbid sense of curiosity. Oh, like, how high God. can this go? Fuck that. And uh, and it just. I'm I, sorry, I am so dog. happy that. Uh, they made a game that people seem to love and that it's they, very successful. Sure, and it's a fun game. We played it that one yeah. time, uh, But it is not anything that tempts me in the slightest just because of the price point. Like $750. You know what, though? Those are some really fucking cool models. Dude, they and are some they're cool like, models. They're like, yeah, so they're kind of like GW pricing, but they're slightly bigger. Oh, oh, yo, dude. Dude. Uh, fucking GW looks cheap by comparison. Come on now, G- GW looks like a bargain game by comparison. Seven for, for the rules plus expansions plus yeah it's, plus models. I, I, I don't know, I, man. I don't know that you remember the old days where it was like the army box was two fifty, and this was dude, back bought, in for, the nineties. Nobody buys an army box. I bought the army all. box for the undead. You <laughs> so just dude, I bought the army. Don't box. buy the army box. And uh, I'm saying five hundo into GW goes a long way. You can you can you five hundo you can have an army. All right. If I don't you, know, if man. You, Sixty-five gets you ten tactical marines, like some fire warriors this homie, and the rules. This homie showed up with kill team today, because which I'm, I'm a whore. I'm dude. a filthy, <laughs> godless whore. I have, I have, and this, I have no self-respect or shame. I and drove, I feel filthy, and I'm gonna go home and crying game it in the shower, where I'm just gonna scrub my skin with a Brillo. <laughs> be, be proud, be proud, motherfucker. No, I, this I guy, am a sad Bailey human and fucking being. Don't Jim Miller. Don't follow my example. They want you to feel ashamed 
of buying the I little toys. I do feel ashamed. I feel oh, dirty. Why do I want you to feel ashamed? You, this guy wants you to feel ashamed. I don't want to feel ashamed. I buy you, all of his toys. You, you, I buy you lots of little toys. I don't buy, know what you're talking about. You buy toys. I buy lots of little toys. You don't buy toys. I feel soldiers. dirty. I feel dirty. Anyway. Yeah, I was, so I, so I'm not playing Infinity. Toy Soldiers with you tomorrow? Yeah, I you're was, playing I, Infinity. <laughs> you're playing Toy Soldiers. I was. I tell you how to live your life. I have I have how many fucking Space Marines? Fucking 40K armies? Uh, three. Still? I still have three. You I still, still have three. Still, yes. What are you doing with them? I still have two fantasy armies. Three fantasy armies. You got the fucking goblins. I've got. Are uh, you gonna Are you gonna play kill team with me and Adam? Uh, I, I, okay. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. We'll see how all it right, goes. All right. See how it goes. Okay. Okay. But I want some of that action Good. where you're stroking me off like That's that right. while oh, we're playing. It's coming. Oh, gee, Jesus it's, Christ. In you, more you ways two than are, one, it's you coming. Two, you two are puerile. I just we want are, you to. We are filthy. <laughs> and you generous. fucking love it, right? All right. So so I was at an Imperial Outpost games today. And this guy is like texting me. He's messaging me he, about like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm getting into to kill team. And I'm just standing there. I believe I, my exact words were I'm disgusted with myself yeah, or something I, to that effect. I'm I'm like sitting there looking at Dark Eldar models, which are garbage right now, by the way. They're like terrible in the meta. And I'm still going to do it. Oh, the models are cool looking. The models are The so models good. have always been cool Fuck, looking. they're so good. They look way cooler in a Space Marine, so which is Any what I played. This shit, like, the Space so, Marines and Orcs always had shitty models, so which for, is why I like Death Watch, because Death Watch has cool models. So for Orcs 20, have some cool models. For 2017... Some. For 2017, yeah. kill team is a thing. GW kill team is a thing. Um, but while I was out, I didn't pick up. I didn't pick up any GW. I was kind of waiting to see how the cards kind of like fell out. I did pick up a Rassail boarding team for my Infinity Army, and uh, Lemute for my Toha Army. Um, what have I been tracking? Well, motherfuckers, uh, the storytellers, the Tome of Secrets, or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, that's coming out. That's, you can't that's... ask yourself a question like that, by the way. Someone what? else has that. No, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, it's the fuck, Dark Ages Tome of Secrets. Fuck that shit. Right? <laughs> yeah, I've Dark... been following that as well, yeah, but then I kind of looked at what was in it, and I was like, ah, I can wait. Uh, it's um, got all that sorcery and shit. My players will want it. I need to get it. Yeah, and I still I, have sorcerer. I feel like books. a bum. I, just, I don't have and it. And I have the rights of the blood and the other stuff. I don't and have, I have that. The Ra book, and there's a bunch of oh, blood sorcery. See, I in still that. need that. I have too. so much blood sorcery. I have that uh, up on my share. If you want to grab the PDF, you can grab it from me. You know me, dude. I gotta have the physical copy. And then, yeah, no, I'm saying just to, if you want to look at it and and decide if you want to buy it, dude. I know I want to buy so it. So anyone can grab it, so they don't have to pay for it. I know I want to buy it. It's a good book. I really like the Talmahe Ra book. Um, I'd like to do a more thorough review of it, but uh, that was the one I was most interested in seeing what they did with it and how they could improve and expand upon it. And I think they did a good job with it. Out of all of the new books I've bought, with his, which is Ghouls and Hunters Hunted 2 and all of them, it's yeah. the one I A, most enjoyed reading, uh, B, got the most out of, cool. um, and C, would integrate into a game. Okay. So, well, that's uh, a solid review. That's, that's a, that, my that's, solid recommendation that's for That's like it. an A+. Plus. It gets Adam's thumbs up. Um, feel free to pick that one up, and if you hate it, uh, feel free to call me names and talk about how stupid I am. I don't really All care. Right. I have no self-esteem left anyway. All right, you fucking silly-ass mo's. We're almost an hour into this fucking thing, and we haven't even gotten to the topic. So we before we, before we go to break... Let's just talk about the holiday season, okay? The holiday season is crazy, and for gamers, it's a mixed bag because we always hope that we get a bunch of cool shit, and then we rarely do. Uh, making my holiday season even more sort of like tumultuous is the fact that my birthday is right between Christmas and New Year's. In fact, it was yesterday. So did you fuckers get anything good for Christmas? Did you get any good gaming shit? So gaming-wise... Um 
nobody bought me anything. What happened was Amazon ran a board gaming sale where they had things like Risk Legacy and Crossmaster Arena and uh, uh, Zombies 3rd Edition, a bunch of things on sale. So I picked up a few of the board games from that. I got an updated because I had Zombies 1st Edition, so I wanted to get the 3rd Edition because um, there's some expanded play rules and stuff in that. So I got that. I got Risk Legacy. I got Crossmaster Arena and Crossmaster Quest. Um, and then uh, there was one other one I got. Um, so I got a couple things during that. And then I got myself Kill Team. Because yes. you got to treat yourself. You got to treat yourself. Treat yourself. So I treated myself. Um, and then uh, I got a new headlamp for running because my old headlamp broke. And nice. I need a headlamp to be safe. Nice. And I took it out and I went running and a lady in a Buick when I was in a crosswalk with the little uh, walk guy almost ran me over. So clearly it's working. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you need to get some of that fluorescent shit. No, I had my vest on and a blinking light on my arm and a headlamp. I was lit up like goddamn Christmas and this lady still in her fucking Buick LeSabre almost ran me down like a dog. And this is Gilbert, <laughs> Arizona drivers, and they don't give a fuck. So I am going to need to figure out. I don't know what I need to do. I'm starting to think I just need to run strapped. So yeah. at least I can it's pop It's fucking Trump's America, bro. So, so, so the moral of this story, kids, is. is don't exercise. Is, no, no. Don't it's kill, kill Team, kill kill team, team 2017. There you go. Kill okay. Team 2017. That's, that's the, the moral, moral of the story. story. Ben, right, what did you sure. get? All right. So for those who don't know, uh, I and my family don't really celebrate the holidays. We just, you know, we get together. That's about it. There's really no presents exchanged. However. Not even Kwanzaa? That's what I want to no, do next year. No. I don't want to do Christmas next year. I just want to do this Ben thing. Are we going to do Kwanzaa this. next year? No. We're just not going to do anything. Why can't we celebrate? But, uh, but, but one, uh, but a coworker and a good friend of mine insisted on getting me a gaming gift. Nice. And I did get a an Infinity model. Sweet. What'd you get? I got Penicillia for, uh, for uh, Aleph. So... For Steel Phallus? Yep, for Steel Phallus. Nice. <laughs> the cool and sniper. Penis. Nice. That was in the name, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, well, it's, it's really called Steel Phalanx, but uh, but Young Dustin has dubbed them Steel Phallus, which I think works way better. It really does work pretty well. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, there's either a penis joke or a penicillin joke. Yeah, in that yeah exactly. Name, so and, I, uh, I for the, the, the penicillin's for the penis that gets infected. And then right. Ka- yeah, Kathy the Kathy Beans mm. at work got us this uh, mechanical warhorse billboard that you can see over here. You oh, that's it? pretty He's rad. I, I assembled We're it. We're going to put a full metal RPG banner I assembled on it. it. And, and tomorrow's my birthday My birthday party at, at Games U in um, Chandler, Arizona. And we'll be down there from seriously like 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. playing Infinity. So if you want to come down and play Infinity with me, Young Dustin, the Warlord Amanda, Full Metal Ben, we'll be down there playing Infinity. And we'll be playing with this uh, Mechanical Warhorse billboard. That was gotten for us by by Kathy Beans. Thanks, Kathy Frijoles. Can't, thank you, Katrina Frijoles. Um, <laughs> I'm out of the loop on this. <laughs> and so, what else? Oh, you know what? And I didn't get any other any other role playing shit for Christmas except for a unit of Storm Fiends. Not Storm Fiends. Storm Vermin. I got mm. a unit of Storm Vermin from Heather, the girlfriend. You got, got something for Mary birthday. She, yeah, but that that was for my that was for my birthday. I got a unit of Storm Vermin for my Skaven army that I'm putting together, which is the exact same list that Dom Hook from The Black Sun plays and I am ripping off his list shamelessly and Chris Tomlin, Dom Hook, if you're out there and you're listening to this by a stretch of the imagination which I don't think is actually happening I'm stealing Dom Hook's list because it's fucking rad and if you, people want to bomb on me for that I really don't care um, and then I just witnessed your birthday present like, uh, Adam got me sh- shout, shout out, out Anarchy. Anarchy 
<laughs> Shout run fucking anarchy. Yep. That's where I was going. That was fucking <laughs> rad because, as Adam knows, I've been collecting the shit out of these Shadowrun books. Right, it's rules light Shadowrun too. Rules, rules light Shadowrun, and this, and this fucking holy and the Christ. Cover is really cool. Looking How too. am I gonna read all those books? I bought all that shit. What the fuck, man? That's a lot of Shadowrun books. Start mainlining them. Yeah, no kidding. Anyway, all right, guys, what do you think? Take it, take a break, and then we'll come back. We'll talk about uh, sharp swords break. and sinister spells. What do you think? Let's do it. Yeah, all right, cool. It. I'm gonna freshen up my drink. All right, all right, all right. We'll be right back. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and Sinister spells, but not alliteration, though that is a good example of alliteration. I was thinking the same thing. You gotta you gotta bring up alliteration you see it. Always bring up alliteration. I couldn't find a way to make that alliterative. Always announce alliteration. There you go. There you go. Yeah. We're good. We're done. Wrap it. We're done. Ship it. All right, guys. See you next time. See you next month. (laughs) So why don't you introduce us to the product, Brendan? All right, so Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells is a um, role-playing game that was written by uh, an internet personality by the name of Diogo Noroya. Now, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Diogo. If um, Almost certainly not. If I'm, if I'm butchering this, then dog, like, get at me. But um, he's from Brazil. And, uh, you know, it's Portuguese down there. So I think I, it's Brazil. So, you know. That's like I, I might be fucking I'm that up. Any whoosies, Diogo runs a super great Instagram. Jiu Jitsu. Okay, know. like it's uh it's uh Diogo underscore Naroya on Insta. If you want to find him, we should he probably follows. spell that for people. Well, dude, I'm not gonna spell that shit. D i o g o underscore n o g u e i r a. There's can, a lot of vowels strung together in in. And you can up. you can find that on the Full Metal RPG Insta. I follow Diogo, and he posts a lot, and he posts right a lot of really interesting shit about D and D and about OSR and about DCC. He's a DCC judge. He follows that shit very closely. He takes it very seriously. He travels to no America. Care. He does Gen Con, and I mean he knows his shit. Homie knows his shit. He does a, he he runs a lot of games, and so it was a great pleasure to me to see him developing this rule set. And over a matter of a few weeks, few months, um, I watched him doing the art, and we watched him doing the layout. Of which, uh, a lot of, some of those pictures I thought were really great. Dude, right? There's a lot of really good art. Dude, yeah, dude I, Adam, I can see you hovering right now over one of Diogo's pictures. Fucking rad. This is the yep. sea serpent one. It's got this, like, it's, it's like a naga kind of thing. It's got a face. 
a human face on the end of a of a of a sea serpent thing. It's like coming out of some kind of like darkened water. It's like and, a Mongol archer, yeah. a barbarian, an elven kind of mystic yeah. looking. Dude, yeah, the art was really great. Dude, he um like the big splash pages are Diogo's, and he fucking killed it. The art, and I'd say overall, the art is a pretty high standard in this for it's an independent really release. Solid. I mean, you know, the spellcaster art's really evocative. I like that spellcaster picture a lot. I mean, There's a splash page picture. that he put at the very end. The, yeah, the, it's the one with the spellcaster right with the um hold on let me see if i can find it i like yeah. that one where they're sacrificing the person yeah, it was good the acolytes and the spellcaster where am i where am i looking there's that pentagram one i'm just scrolling through here trying to find the right one you said it was towards the end was it's, the one it's, that yeah yeah oh one that more. one's really cool i, lo- which is th- I think that was my that was one of my favorites right there the summoning circle yeah that thing's that's rad. on page 40 and then um, this one is my yeah. favorite, which is the Voodoo Witch, and she's got like the pile of tentacles and the also face really and all one. of the yeah. What page is that acolytes. on? That is on page forty-three, and it's my favorite piece so, of art yeah. in here. Me too. I really love that. Me one. Me too. That's a great image. I really dig it. And there's some really great um, little little uh, kind of icons at the bottom of pages mm-hmm. that were really well done. So I like the look of the character sheet that he designed there. It was he, really cool looking. He did that by hand. Yeah, no, it looks really good. It's, it's cool. It's more it's more fun than kind of just a very static computer generated one. Um but so this is this is completely raw indie game. You can get a watermarked PDF on drive through RPG and it's pay what you want, right? Uh, now I talked to Diogo and he said he was gonna send me a hard copy. Because he apparently has hard copies. Oh wow! You can't get the hard copy oh, off, cool. off of Drive Through. He said he was going to. Yeah, you can only one. get the water watermarked uh, PDF on yeah. Drive Through. So I was kind of waiting. Think the average right now is like three forty three or something. So yeah, yeah. I, I was waiting. I was waiting for my copy to show up, and it and it didn't in time for us to review this. So I feel bad. I did do the. I paid zero for my 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 download. Oh um, man. Well. Uh, I, I paid more than the average. I needed to I review too, it. I felt, oh. I felt like I oh my, it. oh, my Christ. I'm such a shithead. Well, <laughs> fuck you guys. <laughs> anyway, so these two guys are awesome. I'm a piece of shit. I was just, I mean, I, like, this is my review copy. Is what, like 480 or something? So it's, oh, my Christ. You anyway. go up to like, if you go, even if you go 350, you're above average. Well, I didn't know if I was going to use it or not. It was for and reviewing. Skaven it was for reviewing. For shame. Anyway, so it's pay what you want on Drive Through RPG. Um, do you guys feel like it was worth your five bucks? Fuck yeah, I do. So yeah, it was. It was a. It's a good solid game. Uh, I loaded it up on. We'll um, kick it over to you guys now. You guys yeah. do your thing. I loaded it up on my Surface, which was actually really easy to read it on. Um, Microsoft yeah. Surface. Make sure. No. Anyway, um, it's pretty easy to. It's pretty easy to scroll through. It's huh? pretty easy to scroll through. I mean, um, I, I was even doing it on my phone. I don't have a problem with it. It was yeah, fine. It's, like it's well designed. It's easy to read. Uh, the layout's pretty, pretty straightforward and pretty uh, easy to follow. I didn't have anything where there were these weird sidebars like another role playing. I felt yeah. it flowed really well because it lacked all of those sidebars yep. that other role playing books have. It's about like, it's oh, like you s- at what point do I stop reading the main text to break over to this yeah. little yellow box on the side? If, and then you go, oh, I should have actually broke out at paragraph two of this segment to read that because it relates to that. And so I, I thought the layout was pretty solid. Um, I like the art in it, as we he, said. He did it all by hand. You know what I'm saying? He did that all on a computer by himself. He's not like a professional guy. He did a great did, job. 
yeah, it's it the, it reads really clean. It's a clean product. It's it's well worth. It's it's very pro. It's very pro. No, yeah, I I was actually expecting not as professional as what I got. I mean, I don't have a lot of experience with the pay pay what you want on there. Yeah, I've kind of stayed away from because I kind of been like, well, I don't know if I really want to do this. It right. seems dodgy, right? Yeah, You're but this like, but this uh, is a this was a great experience for that. I mean, honestly, sure. Yeah, and it's the mechanics wise, it's a fairly straightforward OSR game with a D20 and then different dice depending upon damage and other things. It, but it's, it's it's OSR and then also some narrative aspects to it too, though, which is kind of interesting. You see, yeah, yeah. It I, really left it up to you the level of rulesiness that you wanted to get into, which a lot of OSR games do. You can get very yeah. fussy where you go, I'm going to randomly generate everything and I'm going to roll everything. Or you can go, all right, well, let's do a narrative kind of thing here, and we'll just use rules as appropriate as we go. Sure, sure. No, that's true. However, they do have systems in there for, like, like failing forward and doing some cool stuff with the story, like um, like pushing your luck and stuff like that, right? Which are, which are actually very, like, cool narrative systems that I thought were really good. They do. I wasn't clear how that works with things like magic, because much like all OSR games, if you fail a spell... It's there bad. Can be a sometimes <laughs> catastrophic result. And so my question was, if I choose to push my luck, does it negate my failure with the spell? Or do I still have to resolve the spell failure and then reattempt the spell, but now at a penalty because I'm pushing my luck? There's, okay, okay, okay. One second. There's there's two ways to approach this game. Okay. And one is from the narrativist style mm-hmm. and one is from the gamist right, style. Right. That's what we talked about. Now, is it's as, you as, choose the level of fussiness. Exactly. And as a gamist, I feel like this rule set has some kind of like eyebrow, some eyebrow cockers. There's some, there's definitely some moments where you're kind of like, how does this work? Do does it work? Do I want it to work? It the the system itself as a, like overall, is interestingly from a war gamer's perspective, a sort of synthesis of the Infinity combat system, with okay. with Savage Worlds. Kind of strangely. Yeah, right? because all the dice, like the, all the different dice. The dice scale based on experience level right. over the long and run. There's other, there's things like luck and resources that yeah. scale down. Yeah. I actually really liked the way that the resources were handled. I, I thought that really was fucking liked badass. That. I thought that was great. I yeah. thought that was great. The one thing I will say I wasn't totally sold on was the fact that you have to roll under your attribute score. So a lower roll is better, except a higher roll is better when it's closer to your actual attribute score. And, and I felt and then, that was unnecessarily and, complicating and, things. And hitting your attribute is the critical, yeah. which is just like Infinity. It's the same thing where it's like it's like you're not you're not trying to mentally create a specific low or high result. You always want to be in the kind of weird middle, right? Yeah, yeah. it's mathy to me to a degree that I found it a little bit finicky because it's one of those things where it's like, well, if you roll a one as an NPC, it's always bad. Yes. If you roll a one as a PC, it may, it's going to be a success, but it's not going to be a critical. It's only a critical success if you hit your attribute score head on. It's like, well... You could have just simplified that by saying a one for a PC is a critical success. I mean, I kind yeah, of understand see? why he did it so that a higher attribute score is better. Yeah. So the closer you get to your attribute, if you're doing a contested role with somebody else, it's better. But at the same time, I don't know that it adds anything over than just saying, well, for PCs, a lower role is always better. But, but I, then there's the NPCs, contested roles, which he says better. that there's not going to be a lot of contested roles, but... Yeah. But I got to say, coming in from an Infinity point of view, it it doesn't that that doesn't bother me at all. Oh, exactly. I don't play Infinity, yeah. so for me, I find it 
for me, it's difficult to get my head around. I'm not saying it's impossible. Sure. It's one of those things where I was just like, why do that instead of the straightforward lower is always better for PCs, higher is always better for NPCs? What's so funny about this game is that if you're an Infinity gamer, you will immediately understand this system and it will make perfect sense to you. If you come from outside of that world, it'll seem kind of weird. It'll yeah, be see, like, I'm what the is this? And it seems weird. Yeah, but I mean, and you, it's not bad. I'm not. I don't want no, to say not that bad. I'm going like I don't like it. It's it's just one of those things where I was like, okay, it's another thing I have to track. So when a player rolls, I have to track whenever a player rolls to know if they critical or not. So I have to go, oh, did you did you critical on that? Well, Was that a critical? The, the, the player will. Whereas announce. if they just roll the one, I could just be like, oh, you critical. We're good, and let's go on. But the player um, will always announce. When have you ever had a player that didn't just like cry out, I critical the second they did it? I mean, yeah. There's always that player who's not paying attention, who's like checking Facebook on their phone or whatever. Yeah, you well, know what I mean. Fuck it's, that guy. Stop gaming with that guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, Why is that guy oh, still in your know group? What I'm doing, and you're like, all right. Yeah. I, I I wanted to go back to that resources system. I thought that was amazing. Because you mean it's a, the system where the durability and yeah, and the durability or like limited resources system. Awesome. I I because uh, because it's always a pain in the ass, especially in like games where they want you to track that shit down to like the last yeah. bullet or whatever. Right. Uh, and and I hate that stuff. But this is a way to kind of track it, or at least create a system where you don't actually actively have to track it, but it just tells you when it's done. Yeah, I liked that. I thought that that was very clever. I thought that was a very clever mechanic. I could see using it. What okay? What's interesting about OSR games in general, or like spirit of OSR games, is what you can pick out of it to to sort of transplant into other things. I think that that's the real judge of an OSR game, and this game had so many little things that you could like. That you could essentially just buy the rule book and be like, eh, I'm never going to run it as is, but I'm going to plug this and this and this and this and, and transplant it into my game, and it would be fine. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And, and so, so as an OSR game, I thought it was very successful in that regard. It is in that regard. The one thing I'll say just about OSR games in general, though, is it's, it's frustratingly easy for spellcasters to wipe the entire party Um very early on in the game yeah yeah that's cool and that's that's that to me as a player i find frustrating because i don't play spellcasters and it's one of those things where it's like oh through no fault of my own through nothing i did uh timmy across the table from me got my character killed because he did a thing and like it's hilarious the thing is that's that's awesome is that not awesome i'm the gm i mostly gm so i i can't maybe i'm being a dick it's just weird though to me like cause i don't think you can really look at this game as just a as just an osr game because like i really do believe it's a synthesis between like narrative and osr where like for instance interestingly I mean, I really it is like, like if we're like, gonna get at, like, to the point where we're gonna just have like randomly the spellcasters can wipe the group out i would prefer if just at the start of every turn the dm rolled the die and he's like i rolled a 20 rocks fall and everyone die because i'd be like okay <laughs> well what, that's what, no, what, no. What, what are you saying we're ben good. what are you saying <laughs> Yeah, Volcano opens up on your feet and your whole body's wiped. Um, no, uh, fine, sure. If, that, but if you like, want randomness, the you have this like, like there's a ton of charts in this book, right? Like ton of ton of cool charts. Yeah. And one of the ones that struck me right off the bat was one for the complications during character creation. Yeah. Right. Which which so this, a, this, this is like a whole aspect of character creation yeah. is the is the complication and and it's something and you don't in your have backstory. to use it. You don't have to use it, but if you do use it, it's like a it's like an OSR chart. That you roll on that tells you like here's a complication your character has in his past and yeah. the things like right. debts and that you, you can use owe it in or the middle of whatever to get a positive die. So a positive yeah. die to go over that is 
you roll 2d20. Well, it's the, and you it's pick the, the advantage result you prefer. Roll. Yeah, it's advantage. It's, it's, it's advantage it's or disadvantage. It's advantage or disadvantage from, from D&D from 5. five. So, and a negative die is you roll 2d20 and the DM picks the one he prefers. Um, and so you can just announce in the middle of combat, like, it, the weird part to me is I'm going to announce in the middle of combat, I want to take, I want my complication to come into play. Yeah. So I would like to roll 2d20. And you're like, okay, what's your complication? And they go, gambling. And you go, all right, well, we're in the middle of combat. So how does it, your It compli- says it can come it up later. It says it can come up later, but it's one of those things where it doesn't necessarily tie directly into what is happening at the time they do it. The other thing is they can only use it um, once per once adventure. per adventure. Once per adventure. And so they can't use it again after that. And so I think that's interesting, but I guess I love my it. other I absolutely love it. in your final battle is if somebody's like, I want to use my complication right now in this final battle and you go, well, it's then it's going to have to come up right now because this is the end of the adventure. Well, no, um, you just bring it up in the next adventure. Can you? Make, you is the, absolutely. If you're I doing mean, a yeah, campaign. I, I'm with Brendan on that. But but what I wanted to get back to was 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 how the idea of like that that's a narrative generation tool in an OSR yes. style. Yes. Which I thought was really fucking cool. Right. Um, Because, I mean, you know, OSR games don't care about like, you know, backstories and don't really care about like, right. you know, um, complications and yeah. like debts that your character might owe someone else or whatever I, from I like 10 really years like ago. The, um, I After that, I did really like the weapons, armor, and uh, shielding system, which I thought was Oh, it was yeah. very streamlined and very great. Super streamlined, super efficient, and I liked the way it was handled a lot, where a weapon always does at least 1d3 damage. A, uh, a armor degrades the weapon die by a degree. So if someone hits you with a d6 weapon um, and you are wearing heavy armor, it reduces it by two dice. So you go to a d4, then you go to a d3, and a d3 is as low as you can go. So if I hit you with a dagger and you're wearing heavy armor, um, it'll degrade it to D3, but that's as low as it goes. So you're sure. still going to take some damage. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like so how, I thought that was really streamlined. I, I like that a lot. How does that work with, say, like a fighter who always does one die better than... Then it'd be a D4. So, so you definitely get the D4. Yeah, you'd be a D4. So which one? So 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 we're saying. That so that's they, a question of: Do you add the die first yeah, and then exactly. subtract, or do you add the die this, after? This game will make gamists nuts. But I, I don't I would, think that gamists, as, as a game, as a particular gamist, I would say like I would say that what it does is. I like, would say the fighter adds it to the reduced one. So if you get a D three, it goes to a D four. I would say that too. I, I but wouldn't I say can that. See another, no, I wouldn't, wouldn't say, that. say that. No, like for instance, if you had a oh, D four weapon, Max Bailey. No, 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 this guy over here. Min no, no, no. If you have, if you had a D four, if this is a min max. If you had a D4 weapon... I'm just pulling your chain. No, I understand. I, I understand. you when I say Are you that. getting riled up, buddy? Not really. Not really. I was just going to say, if you had a D4 weapon... the bottle. If, oh, God, help me. <laughs> if you had a D4 weapon, right, gets reduced by two, and then up by one as the warrior, I still would keep it as D3. Oh, so you're saying... It got reduced by... Oh, so you're saying it goes into negatives. Yes, exactly. It uh, can't go into negatives. It D3 can't go into negatives. D3 is as negatives. low as it gets. Yeah, and exactly. If you're playing a warrior who's wielding a dagger... I don't want to tell you you're doing it wrong. I don't know how to finish but, that sentence. You're doing it but wrong. That brings, no, that brings up well, an interesting thing. A warrior interesting thing. can wield a dagger. 
Yeah, like Why his sword. Would he? Because because, he's because the, he fucked up and his sword yeah. got his sword got thrown away he's, during the combat and he, he had to fucking exactly. grab the dagger. He's on the yeah. edge of a like of a cliff and it's like the final scene and like somebody's like 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 raining blows down upon him. He reaches into his boot, he pulls out the dagger and he stabs well, or or, had, or, or Vertonial on the fucking pier throws a sword off into the fucking lake and he pulls well, out his dagger. Got to pull out the dagger. So that's I did have a question in my notes. Shout out to was, Dustin for Vertonial. What does unarmed damage do? <laughs> Oh, I don't know if that's in there. It's not in there. So does unarmed always 1 do D3 a D three minimum? Right? No, but its weapon attacks always do a D three minimum. Oh. And so Diogo. it doesn't say Diogo. what unarmed attacks do. So am Uh-oh. I better off using a dagger or punching a dude in the face? I, I don't know. Because it doesn't say. I assume an unarmed attack has some value, but I don't know what it is. I what one of the things Diogo, I, I you're also, gonna have to you're gonna have to errata that. Adam Here's your first fact. Weak You're, points and things. Like, I'm yeah. like uh, I'm like um, uh, Galen Urso or whatever, and I just find the weak point and whatever this is, and I just kind of poke it. Uh, Ad- Adam is in computer science. I'm, yeah, I'm, a, and I'm so, a software engineer, so my job is to find edge cases and then exploit the shit out of them. This this is um, his. This is how his my brain sandbox. is wired. So, I will I will anyway, say that I would be interested in getting his feedback on what unarmed damage does. I would say like a D two. One two, just to differentiate it from weapon damage, because I, I can't see a fist D3. doing as much damage as a dagger. But maybe it only does a point of damage every time, no matter what. Like I, I, I would rule that as being a D three. That's just me. If I was at the table, I would just rule as being a D three. Then and I, I wouldn't think that, ever carry a dagger as a I, fighter. I'd just be like, I don't need a no. Dagger. As a fighter, you're 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 uh, you and I have already agreed that as a fighter, your dagger does D four. It's only the weak wizard whose dagger does D3. Oh, you're right. I which is the same that. as his so shitty... So unarmed attacks always do a D3. Eh, I guess I could That's what that. I would do as a... As I, if I'd I... like to get... In, I'd like to see what, what the game designer has to say about yeah, that. Yeah, Because I don't know that it came up. I would be interested. What so do you think? I'm very interested in, in hearing what his thoughts on that subject are. If it's Agreed. a D3, that's cool. I think that's perfectly acceptable. Well, one of the other things I thought that was really cool and was sort of like a mix between the OSR and the narrative was, was the way they handled sort of the idea of the character classes, right? Um, like for instance, they had four basic ones, right? You have, you have uh, warrior, I it was just three, warrior, specialist, like rogue thing, and oh wizard, yeah, three, wizard three, guy. wizard guy, yeah, no, exactly, just three. Uh, but how you wanted to pursue what it was they did, and how you want to deal with it, and all the tropes and everything oh, about okay. that. This is a vocation you're talking about, right? Yeah, vocation. Okay, this is this is one of the problems I had with it. Which oh, was, I thought this was really cool. So this, this, okay, look, I like the idea of it. But it said essentially it said in the rule set that you always have advantage as long as you are doing what your vocation says that you're doing, right? So it's like if you're the fighter dude and you're fighting, you always have advantage. And that's just seriously well, because fucking raw. The, the advantage I mean, like, the advantage the advantage is based on because your vocation isn't just fighter, right? It's not just it's like it's like it's like I'm I'm a warrior of a monastic magician. I am I am like yeah, but if Conan the fucking barbarian. But if you're, I'm Elric of Melnabonet. But if I'm a fighter, if I'm playing the warrior and I'm taking any kind of fighter, then whenever I'm fighting, I'm rolling advantage. No, because motivation has to figure into that because 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 well, unless they're wielding a shield, in which case, depending on the is, type of shield that they're rolling, no, no, no. it offers one to three See, negative dice on the roll. So if you just have a villain who's hiding behind a heavy shield, that's three negative dice on every roll coming in. So you're saying, take your die, add three d20 to that, and I get to pick the roll I most prefer Oh, Jesus. of which one's coming in. Shields in this game, I think, that's, are a problem. That's horrifying. Well... 
because that's another note. Is I that had really how that like, works? Yeah. Here, look. Uh, shield category: small, medium, large. Negative dice per incoming attack. Small is one. Medium is two. Large is three. Now, it has a maximum agility wow. that you can have with it. But if you just have a beat stick character, stick him behind a heavy shield and go roll uh, 3d20, and I get to pick the result I prefer on that incoming attack. Oh, you're fucked. You're never going to yeah, hit Yeah, you're anything. never going to hit that guy. You're never going to hit anything. You're, gonna, you're never going to hit anything. And that is wow. why shields well, are... Well, that's, that's, that's very OSRS too, right, for low-level characters? You yeah. Think about it. It could um, be, but it but, seems like shields are way better than armor. See, like, the funny thing is, guy, I'd just be like, he's naked except a large shield. Now try and fight him. Okay, to get back to vocation. Diego, don't listen to this guy. He's this. This is his sorry, thing. To get back to vocation, the way you're looking part. at it vocation. is a very, is a very, is a very OSR way of looking at it, right? It's a very like mechanics driven kind of thing. Yeah. Well, but 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 what he's really talking about there is is really when he talks about motivation, is is a very narrative thing. So. In, 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 in point of fact, like I, I wouldn't just give it to everybody just because they wanted to have it. It's because it, it, it's, a, it's actually a narrative aspect of the game, right? Like you're a monastic tradition. You're like you just because you're fighting doesn't mean you're actually following what it is you should be doing. So what you're saying is, is that the GM has this uh, a lot of say in what counts for the player's interpretation of how he's playing his character. Because I could say I am a magic user with vocation warlock and i'm casting a spell and you're like yeah but that's not warlock shit you know you ain't doing warlock shit son you're doing other something else and so the you don't get advantage too just in the in the level of um the effect determined the level of the spell so there was no like this is a level five spell it is a here's the spell yeah um and the level of it is determined by what effect you want it to have so, you know, if you get into the spell casting part, you're like, oh, okay, so I want to um, cast a mimic spell and I want it to last an hour. That's a one that's a first level spell. It's a it's a difficulty one. It adds plus one to your roll to cast it. Um and so you had a lot of stuff where it's just there's a bunch of spells in here. There's something like There's like thirty three fifty different spells. Fifty? Oh wow. Yeah, yeah I didn't I didn't read through them all. Can, I just kinda and glanced so through them. Can somebody explain go, to me because I don't know if I caught this in the character creation. I'm always tough with magic items and spells and shit. How does it determine starting spells? How do you get your starting spells? Did it ever actually say that? Is it in the wizard section? The I magic don't play spellcasters, so I wasn't super interested. Yeah, I was more interested in the, in the specialist. In the well, like, to okay, play so I was more <laughs> interested in the fighter. I'm not so, going to lie. Yeah, sorcery is not meant for I mean, you know me. I play a monk like any time I can. Principally, the game like this. So. The power level of the spell. <laughs> power level is determined by the magic user at the time he's trying to cast the spell. Um, lose the ability to cast a spell for that day. Keep the blah blah blah. So there's that. Let me. Sorry, I didn't. I mean, I almost almost. I didn't. I didn't actually read it, but I was almost of the interpretation that like. You had access to all of them? Yeah. No, almost. that's no, I don't think so. I don't think that that is correct. You can make an intellect test to determine the presence of magic. A magic user can cast spells, making a willpower test according to the spell casting rules. Okay, spells later. known. The user begins knowing three spells. Three spells, okay. And learns additional spell each time they level up. That's okay. interesting. All right. The max number of spells magic user can have is equal to his intellect, so you're hoping to you get like an 18 or something. Yeah, right. and the way they approached rolling stats was a very OSR, right? It was straight yeah. across the line, right. 3d6. 3D down. Yeah. The, you want to play and, the magic user, you might play the magic user with intellect fucking 9 what, or whatever. What's interesting well, here is... You're probably going to end up picking your class based off your rolls, which is like every other OSR. Maybe, well, but, but, why, but you know, I don't know. If you really want to play the magic user. This game could be really fun. I like, think so. Like, initially when I was reading it, I was kind of like, I don't know. Like I don't know if I would really roll, like run this. 
but this could be really fun just as a just I mean it could just be it, like it's raw a lot fun. of fun like all OSR games provided you go in with the right attitude if you go yeah. in there with like I'm going to build a backstory this is a problem that I've had with OSR games as a player who likes to develop rich tapestries and backstories for my yeah. characters is I spend a very little amount of time building my character and a lot of time enhancing the backstory for my like character, writing your character and writing my character and coming up with motivations. And then I go into a game and I go, all right, so this is my character. This is what he looks like. <laughs> this is what he sounds like. This is his parents. This is his grandparents. Oh, Adam. This is his job before he started. This is what he does. And the DM goes, all right, that's cool. You step into the dungeon and I go, all right, I step into the dungeon. He goes, make an agility check. And I go, all right. And he goes, you die. Yeah, you fall down a hole. Uh, you fall down a hole. And I go, <laughs> fuck. And he goes, no, no, it's not a problem. Just make a new character. And I go, I don't think you understand. This is going to be a five-hour process for me. I'm not just going to roll. He's like, oh, just use the backstory for your other character for this one. I'm like, no, this is not a Better Tomorrow 2. This isn't Chow Yum Fat's <laughs> twin. He isn't going to roll up into this thing and have the exact Shout out for the fucking HK HK reference there but 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 nobody so, knew the character's backstory one of the most interesting things i ever i about. did and it was important to oh. me janessa <laughs> was a living valid character oh, she boy. died in turn two of a game and then the dm was oh, just bring another one. and i was like no because she's dead now i have to make another one he's like all right roll that one up and i was like all right this is phil the fishmonger and he's like what's he doing yeah. I, was like, I guess he sells fish i don't care anymore there's, and that there's, was when i checked out of there's that a game. lot of that there's like there's like oh this is tony tony the warrior and then it's like okay tony's dead and then they're like oh this is tony too and it's like it's like i kind of like okay that's right a bit much. and that's that that's does happen in these osr games it's i, I don't I, like that I either personally as a story driven gamer find that frustrating and i realize maybe that's not for me but i do find that frustrating that is um, a, that i mean i i can see your point i just think that if you know going into an osr game that you have to be a bit looser on the front end and that some of your backstory is going to be generated probably maybe the majority of your backstory is going to be generated over the course of play and that you have to be flexible with that 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 shouldn't be a big problem. Yeah, I just find it. I don't like when we have to fill in details later because I feel it weakens Why? the story as you no. look backwards. Because then you end up with who so doesn't do that? Everybody you end up does with that. The exact problem that I had with Rogue One, which is online, oh here we this go. In the context of the greater Star Wars universe, this movie creates the following problems, oh. and then I go problem one, problem two, problem no. three, problem four. No. Oh, we have to demonstrate the power of the yeah. Death Star, oh, Princess no. Leia. Why do you need to do that? She's already seen it. She we hasn't watched her not see fully. It. She, no, she no, saw it. No, and not so really. It's just like, why do we? Why you think not she really. would be like? Oh, I saw it used one time before. No. Never comes up. She never mentions it to weirdo to Peter Cushing, the actual Peter Cushing, not weirdo wax mannequin. Peter that was Cushing. a little weird. And so, like, <laughs> but she never brings it up. She's never like, oh, I saw you use it against the and. She never says anything. She's like, oh, please don't blow up Alderaan. I don't know what this is going to do. And but the thing is, is they only blew up the city. They didn't blow up the whole planet. They didn't, but she should still at least have an idea of what it's capable of. And she right, never that's mentions, the thing about them I've blowing, seen you fire it. They, 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 that's the you thing about them that blowing up Alderaan is that they is they blow up the whole planet. Okay. I guess, but she never mentions, like, I've seen and your also, little technological Also, that terror. thing you were saying about the shield generator, like, keep in mind that in um, episode six... 
the shield generator was, was on, on a separate planet. Was on, was on the forest Endor. moon of but Endor. This was on the actual planet itself, protecting the planet. Yeah. Why does it need to be on it? We're they way could, off topic. They could generate no, it. To you know, done. all I hear is blah blah blah. Star Wars sucks. That's literally all I hear as you guys talk. Hater. Right now, I am a hater, hater. of Star Wars. I freely admit it. Mr. Star Wars. Oh, um, <laughs> fuck you guys both. Exactly. Look, That's listen. What you sound like back right to the now. topic yeah. at hand, and and the topic at hand says magic user gains. Begins knowing three spells and learns right. additional spells each time. Which I'm up. totally fine and with. And that's cool. It doesn't say whether you choose or whether you roll. And I like the way it gives you the op- opportunity as a GM to decide, choose True. or roll. True. Because I personally would make motherfuckers roll. Because it's like hilarious. I like the way monsters are handled too a lot. Just oh, like dude, was that monster dice? section the yeah. shit? It was really great. Fucking gorgeous, was right? Awesome. Mm-hmm. That was really good. But here's the thing about this book. If you feel like you've got a um, OSR system or a emulator that you really love and you don't want to do a new one, that's fine. That's fine. I would download this book just for the charts. There's all these cool charts of of adventure seeds, NPCs. Um, yeah, the appendix stuff is really great. Oh, the appendix the, stuff, the right? Just get it for the art. Like this could all be very easily applied to Dungeon World or Lamentations, dude. Oh, or yeah, you could tell any of the other games. Yeah. And so, yeah, I love the art. I think the appendix rules yeah. and that random generation stuff is really cool. You know, I like a lot of the rules in it. You know, I think there's a couple things like the unarmed attacks and the shields and stuff that we could iron out a little bit. I could see. Um, okay, okay. Here's the question. But I think I'm, it's pretty solid. I, mean, I like let me, it a let lot. Let me pose this to you guys. Would you Would you run this? Would you run this yes. game as is, whole cloth? Yes. I would run it, but I would contextualize it for the players first, which would be to say, don't spend. A, I would do the opposite of what I do when I normally run a game. Right. Which is I sit people down and go. Give me two pages of backstory. Well, I want you to inhabit your character. I want you to think about your character. I want to work with you to build the character that you want. It's not going yeah. to be random generation. We're going to sit down. We're going to we're going to architect a character that you feel comfortable playing. But that's Whereas because- in this, I'd be like, hey, we're going to randomly generate this. We're going to grab some beer and some pretzels. We're yeah. going to play a campaign. And if you all die, you all die. Totes. It's going to be yeah. fun. That second one. I would definitely run it in that context. Which is like which is, it's a lot like how I ran Gamma World, which was I sat yeah. everybody down. I said we're going to randomly generate characters. Don't spend a lot of time and thought on this, and let's just go with it. And to be I got a lot honest, of really great characters out of doing that. It's a really fun game. You, you just got to embrace it. You got to embrace that style, and then right. you yeah. can have you some have fun to times. Embrace the chaos, and like I said, that's why as a story player, I need to go into it with the right attitude. I can't sit there and work on a backstory. Right. If you, if you're a super narrativist, then this is going to be very disappointing to you. But if you're uh, a super uh, OSR guy, gamist, this is also going to be disappointing to you. But if you want to meet kind of somewhere in the middle and just be reasonable about both rather than being a fanatic about either, this game is going to be really fun. Yeah, I agree 100%. One thing I would love to see, um, and just based on the strength of what's in the book, I would love uh, a sample magic items book. I would love a additional spells book and i would love an additional oh. monsters book just because i think uh what's here is really strong and i'd like to kind of see how it, how you could grow it or, or what they do to grow well it. you know i don't really know what diogo's working on maybe he's working on some additional shit maybe. i'm just talking about my it, wish list it would right? be it would be I, cool I if he wrote in and said what he's working on yeah, though i'm talking I, about my wish list but i will say i really like the spellcaster section i really loved the monster section a lot um and the magic item section was 
wasn't really there. So I'd like to see yeah, that fleshed true. out more because he's like, oh, just make some stuff. And I just like, all right, that's cool. I think that's cool, I would though. like some examples, though, just to kind of give yeah, me an idea. Yeah, okay. Because one of the things – this will tell you something about the type of gamer I am. One of the things I did with D&D 3.5 was I bought the uh, – the spell book, the spell edition book, the spells compendium. Yeah. Spells compendium. And I bought the magic item compendium. Yeah. Um, and I would just sit through there and there was stuff in there. I'm like, I'm never going to use this. And I'd sit there and I'd read them front to back. And I was just like, ah, oh. I was just in my happy place. That's solid. Jamming. I just love reading that stuff. And I was just like, sure. I just really enjoy this stuff. You know, I've, I have the deck of many things. I've gone through it many times. I've never once used the deck of many things in my games. Cause I'm just like, this is a game ruiner. It will destroy my <laughs> games if I bring it into it. Every time Deck of Many Things come out, I buy a copy and I go through it because I just want to see it. I'm like, all right, I want to see this. I want to look at it. Taroka for Strahd, same thing. I bought it, yeah. opened it up, went through it. I was like, oh, this is really fun. I don't know if I'd run Strahd completely by my pants where I just flip the Taroka cards over and go, this is what's going to happen now. Um, just because Yikes. that's not how I run those type of games. I still bought it because I still like to see it. That's oh, the kind of it. stuff that turns me on. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff where I just like – I, you know, late at night when I'm thinking about the thing that like, you know, makes me, you know, fuck better. Like that's the kind of stuff I think about. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's hot. Right. That's, that's what I, that's what I'm into. I love thinking about games and right. I love, uh, you and I are both visual artists and I love, um, artifacts. I love things I can see and play with. So I love that kind of like shit. I bought those Pathfinder, uh, decks that were nothing but like here's a picture of a magic item oh, there's yeah. no stats there's nothing else on it this is a picture of a magic item and I, I love I said, those things hit me up with that and I bought it and I looked at it and when I'd open it I'd be like oh what's the story on this what can I do with this this weird helm what would be the backstory on this and I'd sit there and I'd make something up and then I'd put it to the side and i go that's never going to come up in a game but I still thought of it I still sat there and expended mental energy on it I, I like to key those images to specific things in the game and then hand them out rather than describing them because sometimes it's like people get like a sword of frost plus one and you're like oh it's a sword and it looks like a sword but it's got like these kind of like it's got ice crystals it's, it's, on it and there's and there's like kind of this shimmering cold frost coming off of it yeah now that's your sword please let it go from frozen and nobody listens no well, they listen but they don't they don't they don't think they hear, about they it they hear sword plus one plus sword plus one and but but cold if you damage. give if you give right, them one of those <laughs> like if you give them one of those card sleeves when you were a kid and you collected X Men cards or whatever and they put all their gear yes, in there. Yes, when I was a kid and I collected oh, X Men cards. Oh, you ho, you haven't bought an X Men card in forever. When was I cl- haven't bought an X Men. Yes, you are correct. Don't I, buy. Don't. I didn't buy X Men packs out of the vending machine at the grocery store a month ago. Ah, uh, <laughs> gross, gross, Adam. <laughs> you no, don't but, get to judge me. I'm judging. <laughs> shit How out of you. dare you? I dare. How Dare I you, dare, sir. dude. Skaven Blight Army man. Fuck, you don't get to judge me. Fucking rad. You can't see me. Skaven's <laughs> fucking rad. Anyway, you put them in the goddamn sleeves, and then the people can your your players can sit there with all that shit and look at it and they can kind of see their equipment. And I like that a lot. I like that's that. Fun. I, that that's one of the better things that's come out of uh Pathfinder. Um I think one of the one of the tables I really liked in this was the way that there's no exp- there's no XP, and your character just, level just up levels up by the number of ventures that they have completed. Um, I think it's a I've little moved away from any XP based. I don't think I've handed out XP in Gamma World ever. I'm just you just like, tell us, oh, you're leveling yeah, up now. You're leveling no, up. That's cool. the level now because I'm bored with the level two enemies. So now you're level three. 
and we're going to do that for a while. Yeah, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah, totally I haven't handed out, handed out XP and Giovanni yet. But well, you told us you were going to do it at the end of stories. Yeah, but you guys are going to be, I mean, you guys are doing such a great job. You're going to get a sick amount. Anyway, I really dig this level. I think it's a little harsh. Uh, I assume that this is like um, total adventures and not like, oh, I have to play two adventures and then I get to level two and then I play three additional adventures. So I've played five total adventures. That means I'm level three. I imagine it's like I play two adventures. I'm level. I'm level two. Then I then I play another adventure and I gained level two. You see what I'm saying? Does that yeah. Make sense. Well, or whatever. What page was level that three. On? Um, thirty nine. So I guess what I would say to that is it's it's two adventures to reach level two, then yeah. one additional adventure one to additional. reach level three. Yeah, that's how I look at four. it. One to reach level five. I don't. These are cumulative. This is a cumulative total, not not. Oh, I need like when I when I, I can see it either way. Honestly, it's you could. Okay, look. When you're level nine, you need to go on sixteen adventures to get to level ten. No one is going to deal with that. Well, uh, so says, I think the there's more two experience ways. the character is, the harder it is to level up. Which that would sixteen adventures play into that. Not, not sixteen that's, sessions, dog. That's sixteen I know. adventures. I know, but that's I like uh, that. So I guess what I'd say is like, let's get some weigh in from the game designer about whether yeah. no yoga. You got you got to hit us up on that's, this one too. That that harkens back to that sort of like OSR days, though. You remember how how much experience it took to level up from fucking like nineteenth to twentieth level in Dungeon Dragons? Or you'd multi class and you'd be well, like, oh, suck for it. Yeah. Yeah, it was no. fucking miserable, and it like is, lasted is, forever. Is there multi-classing in this thing? No, no. there's no multi-classing no. in this thing. There's that's fine, OSR though. doesn't really have fuck multi-classing. Multi-classing sucks. That was yeah. Well, well, as Dude. a player, multi-classing can be pretty great. No, fucking, as a DM, multi-classing is a nightmare. Multi-classing is balls. Let's just be real here. Well, agree to disagree. There were times where you could do some really crazy stuff if you multiclassed. I'm really digging this like uh, armored armored warrior chick in on page 42. This is like uh, a my, really cool image. Uh, my understanding the, the is systemically fire, in Pathfinder, like, yeah. that's the thing to do. That's right above the like the the voodoo priestess lady. Like, yeah, that was a really solid section for art. I even like the little town square down here that's on page yeah. forty four. Yeah, I like that too. Where they're like, "Hey, we're buying fruit," and you're just like, "What? Uh, yeah, let's buy some fruit. I don't care. Let's play a whole session of club just buying fruit." The art in here is really solid. It's a solid little release. I gotta say, yeah, I was I was pleasantly happy with what I what I paid for and what I got. I it's mean, a good book, right? Good I will book. say, as the person who was probably the one, uh, you know. As usual, so I'm a miserable human being, um, and I should probably die. But anyway, as the person who was probably the most negative as we went through this, is this worth, you know, five uh, bucks, five bucks, or ten bucks? Definitely. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Definitely. Um, I tend to nitpick because that's the way that I am. Sure. And that's who I am. And I, you know, people who know me know that I'm probably newer to some of the Full Metal RPG listeners. So. Um, hello, this is me. That's who I am. My soul is a blackened little husk inside of me. It's all but good. I like it. Uh, I thought it was really solid. In terms of games like Dungeon World, in terms of games like Lamentations, and I'm probably the newest one here into the OSR arena, uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics and games like that, I think it's a solid entry in that series. Agreed, agreed. I um, would totes I, run I want this. A couple, I had a couple things that I wanted answers to, which I, you know, I elucidated during this discussion and i'm interested to hear from the game designer about it but i really like the spell system i really like the monster system um and i hope to see additional content come out for this game i'm I, a, I'm I, basically a content whore 
And I like to see that kind of stuff. And so I'm interested to see what they do with it. I'm interested to see if there are any Lamentation-style, randomly-generated adventures, if there's just an adventure path that comes out, any sort of that stuff, I would check out. I really I hope that Diogo listens to this and he... um. And he writes us in for some of this for some of these queries that we have. Since we're kind of doing summaries, um, my favorite takeaway and doesn't like find me at night while I'm sleeping and slit my throat or something. He was in Brazil, homie. He's he's, homie's got other priorities. All right. Yeah, I was just gonna say my favorite takeaway from this is that I love the vocation system. I thought the vocation system was awesome. Um, I like how like vague it is and how it lets you do kind of what you want to do, but still like having systemic like um like uh, uh things for the vocation. Um, I love the complications. I thought those were fucking awesome. Fuck yeah, rad ass. Um, I love the art. The art was great, very evocative. Um, and uh, let's see. I loved. I like the spell casting. The the they, I thought it was really cool. Um. And sort of like the rolling difficulty of casting spells, that was really interesting. Um, yeah, I, I I was really happy with it. Uh, my conclusion is is that uh, you know this book was pretty rad, sure. and uh, well, I good. enjoyed it. Sure, and I will yeah. say, if I know anything about Brazil from Ryan Lotke, the swimmer, um, it is that they will come and just rob you and steal all your stuff <laughs> and, and mess your whole life up. All right, let's see. Um, Except he made that whole story. <laughs> I, I feel like this is a solid release. I'm very um, happy that Yoga put this out. The art is exceptionally good overall. Um, I dig the Wraith borders on that one page you just scrolled past. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did some really yeah, good stuff. Some great borders. He has some good stuff. Everything's very well put together, very pro. Um, you know, the mechanic is 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 loose and fun. I could totally see running it. I may actually use this mechanic uh, when I run Carcosa uh, next month at the game fair. Um, not super. St- I, mean, I feel like we should say something that's to its detriment, just so that it shows. I, that I we're covered even, that pretty well, which was the shield system. The, the shield system, system, yeah, that's clearly pretty, pretty, um, pretty weak. Um, this this image of the warrior here on page um, twelve, I'm not loving. Um, Dude, you didn't like the whole like uh, Lifefield Platt comic era, the '90s. I just with, like, don't. I don't like the way his hair is going in all these weird different directions. If it had been everything, like I, I, I like got, the way his muscles about, are rendered, but I don't like, like the his windswept hair. hair and like no. the poison video. <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense. The hair. You don't like Brett Michaels? No, I don't. I don't care for the hell. Brett Michaels you character. Go to hell, man. Um, I dig this complication system quite a bit. Uh-huh. There was something, I mean, <clears throat> I understand it's a generic system and it's trying to capture a generic fantasy feel. It did feel a little overly generic to me and I kind of feel like what about it is really grabbing me that makes me choose this over any other system? Yeah, but is, and, isn't that... Ex- couldn't that same complaint be leveled at Lamentations of the Flame Princess? That's you know, no, you have because it, well, it's super the, generic. The too. thing, the thing about Lamentations of the Flame Princess is there's awesome supplements. Supplements. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is if there's supplements yeah. for this, I would pick them up in a heartbeat. Exactly. Because I think there's a lot of promise here. There's I, a ton of potential. I I, st- I still feel like the best kind of introduce your players to fantasy gaming is Dungeon World. I would run Dungeon this for, a great game. I would run this for noobs, but I don't feel like it's better than Dungeon World. And and until it has some additional 
content that really like gets me hard in the way that Lamentations does. So I would it doesn't run defeat this Lamentations. instead of Dungeon World. Were I to run it at a con or something like that, yeah, where yeah, true, I didn't have the time to do the whole world building Dungeon World thing because Dungeon World has that really great world building system. Sure. Um, if I were to run at a con, I would run this or Lamentations because I'd yeah. go, okay, we're going to sit down. We're going to run an OSR game. It's going to be dark fantasy. Yeah. Go. Let's do this. Um, and I guess I would say it depends on how killy I want the game to be because I would run this over Lamentations it's a little if less my goal killy. was to have it be less killy. Because yeah. Lamentations is super brutal and S- deadly. Super killy. Um, so I do think this strikes a nice balance in that regard. Yeah, true, true. I feel that. I feel that. I think that's a that's very succinct and well put. Um, the art's great. Uh, Diogo's pieces that I watched him create on Instagram, I really like. The layout's good. Um, Giant Spider's cool. Yeah. Warhammer's yeah, cool. Yeah, this is definitely a solid little release. Definitely worth your five bucks. Drive through RPG, Sharp Swords, and Sinister Spells by Diogo Noroya. Check it out. Check him out. If you have the money to see a Star Wars movie, save your fucking money and buy this book instead. Give that money to Yogo. It's better spent. I promise you. So we're gonna like we're gonna (sighs) rape and murder him in the alleyway. This guy's a dickhole. Like that's what we're (laughs) doing. Right? You're a dickhole. You haven't even seen it. You haven't haven't even seen seen Rogue One. I at least wrote a fairly comprehensive review of it. You're just shitting on it to be an asshole. I shit on Star Wars in general because they shit on me for years. Oh my God! You guys you act like it. <laughs> get a room, man. That's sad. Sad. Star Wars. All right, fellas. Yeah, which, well, which part of Star Wars do you like? Do you like the racism in space? Do you like? Uh, I don't know. I like lightsabers, and I like space samurai, and I like fascist regime that gets. to... I like all that stuff, man. <laughs> I don't know what you're. Oh, okay. I don't where like does, the fascist regime. I like the fascist uh, regime. Where, getting toppled. Where, where, sure, is, sure. where does Watto on, and Jar Jar on, Binks fit in on that? On on that note, that's we're, the prequels. They on that exist. note, we're gonna we're gonna call it tonight. Thank you, thanks everybody for 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 listening to this month's edition of Full Metal RPG. Thanks a lot, guys. We appreciate you uh, listening. We're gonna glad have, to be here. We're gonna have another one. Um, next month in January when we will be at the Arizona Game Fair. January 21st and 22nd. Maybe we'll be running Center. Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells. And there'll be some fucking Carcosa there. There'll be some Beneath the Inverted Church. There may be some Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells in my Carcosa game. Maybe I'll try to run Gamma World and no one will show up again. Well, dude, <laughs> have you put in Have you put in for it? No. Uh, well, I'm, so I'm not planning on running, but... I uh, think... I'm so defeated from well, last time. I, I, put right. a lot of, I, I did get to use the work I put into it, but I put a lot of work into that game and then no one came and I, I, I had a sad... That day. That is sad. Wop, wop. I All actually right. wanted to play in that game and yeah, then and I was scheduled to... I, I yeah, just you were like scheduled for something else, and then no one yeah. came to it. It was it was depressing. Guy, well, oh, you know, it was like prom. We're gonna have to put it off for another month. But I was talking with Jim Miller about Crit Hit 2017. Fuck yeah, that's. But rad. we'll talk about that a little bit. I'll be there. in 2017. Yep. All right, guys. So thank you, Adam, for showing up and being a host. Thank you, Ben, for showing up and being a host. Rock thank on. you, Diogo, for putting out a great product. And we will see all y'all motherfuckers. In 2017. Please don't kill anyone else 2016. I can't take anymore. Have a good night, everybody. It goes like this. The fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift, the battle.
Test me, Ben. Yeah, this is a test right now, going out to all the hot dudes listening on headphones right oh, now. Oh, the oh, just the ones listening <laughs> on their headphones. You know what? I'm putting this on because I'm put, I'm gonna put that in because a That's lot sweet. of dudes listen to this on their headphones, sweet, not bro. just me. That's sweet. And uh, I'm sure they want to meet you, and you are single. You know, I Adam, am Adam and I are both. You know, we are in complicated situations. You, however, are single. 